to say to you tonight that <clears throat> the promises, I, I want to read this verse. I, I want to go to this verse. I don't have this, so I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it now. You can pull it up if you want to, if you have time. Galatians 6 and 9. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. This will load, and it did. Galatians 6 and verse 9 in the Amplified. And we're talking about the promises of God tonight. And we're talking specifically in our message tonight concerning health and healing. Actually, we'll look at verse 8. Let's look at verse 7. Okay. Let's go to Genesis 1. No, no, let's see. Verse 7. Do not be deceived, verse 7, God is not mocked. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts, to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this is th- this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time, in other words, not putting his precepts to the side. We're going to do what's right, we're going to do good, we're going to stay with the word. And then he says this, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing these things, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. You know what? I'm reading out of the wrong Amplified. Dang it. I just read all that. So I'm just going to read verse 9 in the right Amplified. Well, at least the one I like. I didn't know there was two Amplifieds until something happened. Verse 9. Let's read it now. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly in doing what's right. For in due time... And at the appointed season, we will, shall reap, if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So, in anything that we are standing with, if we take this verse of Scripture and we apply this to our life every single day, we will reap the things that we're believing God for. Amen? We're talking in this series, uh, this is, I think, message number five on health and healing, and if you just stay with health and healing and you don't quit, we're, we're first and foremost with what the Bible says, God is the greatest nutritionist that there is on the planet. There's no greater. And he will show you and reveal. He'll send people across your path, people that will help you how to take care of your body. That profits a little bit. 
But what, you, but what really profits is that you stay with the word and you never give up. You never quit. You never throw on the towel. You never get discouraged. I didn't say the potential's not there. It's always there, especially if you're battling something in your body. The potential to give up is there. But when you don't quit, you'll learn things about your body. You'll learn things about what are right and what are not right. Because listen to me, a lot of what happens to people in their physical bodies is what they tolerate and they allow themselves to do that in their gut they know it's wrong. And so they hurt their bodies. You say, well, so I can just do whatever I want to my body and just speak the word. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. See, I want the profit from both ends. I want the profit that the word produces right here, and I want the profit that the exercise, eating right, taking care of my body produces. How many can say amen? I want best of both worlds. But I'm telling you, the most important world, if you had to choose, if you had to choose today, if I had to choose today whether I was going to eat everything perfect and and exercise in some drill that I have to stay with, if I had to choose between that or doing the word, I'd do the word. But we don't have to choose. We can do both, right? I'm just telling you, he said, first of all, put the word. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added. It'll all fall into place. Because a lot of times you can do a lot of the natural things, and you can work out and all those kind of things, but your, 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 your motivation is fear. You don't want to be motivated out of fear. You want to do things that are right, but you want to do them for the right reason. And that's what the Word does, is it gives you the, the perspective of how to do it for the right reason. God's showing us this, and we've got to stay with it, and we, we cannot quit. Can you say amen to that? So... So we've talked about, I just want to review just, just for a second, and then, for a couple of minutes, and then, and then get into it. So we've talked about, I've told you that, <clears throat> I said 20 when I started, but there's actually 19 documented healings in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of Jesus' ministry. There's 19 documented healings, but there's different um, reports of those from the different writers that pinned these and um, so I, I don't know how many there actually is when you when you look at everybody's interpretation of what happened but there's 19 documented healings there's thousands of healings that manifested in Jesus ministry but these 19 we have documented okay so we've looked at this we've actually we, we looked at um, the story of the leper remember the leper that said Lord I believe you can but will you in other words, is it your will that I be well? And what did Jesus, what was his answer? It, it's my will. And, and I, I just take that for you, for me, for all of us. It's his will that we're well. It's his will. Amen? We looked at the centurion and his, his servant, his uh, soldier, his guard, um, that G, G, he, he said to Jesus, if you just speak the word, he'll be healed. 
And Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel in the centurion. And as he believed, everybody say, he believed. As he believed, his servant was healed in that very hour. In the very hour. Then we looked at, in, in the same context there, in the same chapter of, of each of the accounts, is the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, where, where Jesus came in, he took authority over that. We, we talked about the authority that Jesus possessed that he passed on to us to be able to speak to sickness and disease and command it to go. In that situation, that's the way it is. Remember, any time that anything happens through me to someone else, it's as God wills it. It's not me coming up with an idea that I'm going to go around and heal people. No, you're going to be either thrown in jail or labeled as a charlatan. You know, I mean, that you're, you're a fake and a phony. Um, that, it's as God wills it. See, so when he wills it, then through us, as Jesus did with Peter's mother-in-law, she was healed, got up, started serving them, cooked dinner, and took care of everybody. I mean, she got well. Amen. Then we looked at... Um, the man that was carried by the four men and how their faith and the man on the stretcher's faith saw that man whole. Do you play a part in seeing other people be well and be made, be made well in, in, in their lives? Yes, because we need to be walking in faith and confidence in God all the time. You know, it's not just something that we trip over. It's what God will lead you into. Your faith helping other people go to another level because in 10 of these 19 manifestations and the others you see glimpses of it, it was because of their faith. In 10 of the 19 healings, it was their faith that has made them well. And in this situation, with the four and the man on the stretcher, I mean, the man on the stretcher had to have faith to allow those four to take him up, cut a hole in the roof. There's people everywhere. I mean, how embarrassing. No. It, it, to me, it had to be, it doesn't say that it was, but to me it had to be that that guy said, I don't care what it takes. He heard of healings and manifestation. Get me on the roof. Get me through the hole. I got to see the man. And he did, and he was well. And his sins were forgiven. Amen? And then we looked at the, the royal man's son this last time. The last time that we met. <clears throat> and so tonight, we're going to look at three more. We're going to look at the, the healing of Jairus' daughter, the woman with the issue of blood, and the man with the withered hand. We're going to look at all three of those tonight. But I want you to say this again with me tonight. Declare this after me. I am healed. Why? Because it's the will of God for you to be well. Yeah, you know, as we're, as we're teaching this series and we're staying with this until we're done, the more you're hearing it, the more expectation is. We've prayed for people at different times. We've laid hands on people at different times through this series and even on, on, on a Sunday morning. Um, my expectation, my faith level has risen for you to go after it and receive what God has for you. You're not going after God healing you. You're going after what he's already done for you. He's not going to heal you again. 
And it doesn't make sense a lot of times in our natural mind, but he's not going to heal you. Anything that is ailing your body, he's already paid for and already healed you. By his stripes, I am healed, not will be when it happens again. You know, or when I see the manifestation. It's not like him going back to the cross and bringing the healing again. We have to program our thinking and shut the lies down that tell us because we don't feel that way, it doesn't look that way, that we're not that way. I am that way. I will not settle for anything else. And if you don't quit, you'll reap. Right? Did you hear what I said? Is that what the word says? If you don't quit, you'll reap. What, what, what I've learned about health and healing, physical wellness, what I've learned about it is that I will not tolerate any symptoms. Sometimes I think people think that if you talk this way, that you act like, you know, you never have a symptom, you never go through anything, you know, your body never gets attacked, everything's just perfect in your body. Never said that. And, I'm, and I want to make it clear that we're not, I'm not saying that. But what I've learned is anything that comes against my body, I'm putting the word on it before I put anything else in my mouth, put anything else on my body or anything. anything. I'm putting the word on it. And, and the more word I declare and the things that I speak out of my mouth concerning my physical body, the more, the more I'm in position to receive. Kind of like years ago, I was in the coffee business. I sold, when I lived in the Rio Grande Valley for about two or three years, I sold Farmer Brothers coffee. Woo, that was good coffee. Man, I can smell it right now. No. But uh, we went to their corporate office in California, and, uh, and they taught us how, that they, how they made the different blends of coffee. And they had the big coffee silos with the beans in it. And they would have these, these dump truck. They're, I mean, they're, they, were, they were like made for this. And they weren't used for anything else or anything. And in the back, there were, it was all sanitized and bags and stuff. But this, this dump truck would move under the silo in position so that this one bean, there was about 24 different silos, because the different mixes of beans made different brew of coffee. And so they'd move that, that truck underneath that silo to get this group of beans. They'd take that and get another, under another silo with another truck. And then they'd move and dump all those into one brew pot where, where, they, where, where they would cook the beans. And then that mix made the coffee grinds. And uh, pretty cool deal in the, in the way that they set that up. But... When we were there, we're, we're looking in this one area where there's about four or five silos in there through this glass, and on the ground was a big pile of beans. And, and I'm looking out there at that, and I asked one of the guys, so what happened with that big pile of beans? Why is it on the ground? He said, well, he said, they just wasted that. And I said, why? He said, because the truck was not in position to receive. The truck was under another silo. They hit the button for the one he was supposed to be on. It was the truck driver's mistake because he wasn't where he was to receive. And that's a, that is one of the greatest examples that I've ever... I, it's always stuck with me. I want to be under 
an open heaven. I want to be under what's being poured to me, what's being given to me. Amen? And I position myself by putting the word first and staying with it and never backing off from it ever again. Ever. Never looking to anything else as the answer. Always knowing that in the seed of the word and the revelation and understanding of the word, he will reveal to me and show me things that I need to know. As, as Christians, here's another example. I don't know if I'm going off on these examples, but here's another example. Today I was on a, <clears throat> I was on a webinar with, with our, what we call our collective out of Virginia Beach. And uh, there's probably 40 or 50 pastors on this. And, you know, we just talk about a lot of, ever since we've done this, ever since all the COVID mess, and just a lot of the churches are going through tough things. I mean, in other places, I mean, we are blessed here in Kerr County. Everybody say amen. Did you see that the masks are removed in Kerr County? Said no more masks. I mean, if somebody, you know, says you have to, to walk in, don't, don't argue with them about it. Just put the thing on and get out of there and take it off. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying... There's other places that, I mean, it's, it's horrible. I mean, one of the guys on there from the UK on the, on the Zoom was saying that, you know, it looks like they're in lockdown until March of 21. Yeah. And, and there's, nobody's dying, very few new cases. It's just their government and, and the control and the fear that these people are in. You know, I mean, it, I mean I'm, you know, if you're in an area and it's spiked and things are going wild, I mean, do whatever you have to do, okay, in, in the natural. But it, it's not that way, you know. And the, the unrest and everything that's going on anyway, that's not what I was saying. But <clears throat> as I was talking, uh, as, we, as we're talking, um, they were discussing about how in the church world a lot of people are getting on social media and using it as a platform to say whatever they want to, and, you know, there's not kindness, there's not the love of God, there's a lot of things that people are doing and saying, and, and, and as they were talking, and, and the, the, the guy that was leading wanted other people to say some things, you know, and so, you know, as, as we're going, I just said, well, if we're Christians, then we're to, we're to act and react on social media like Jesus would. So as a Christian, we have to learn how to hear the voice of God and then say whatever we're going to say that he says is okay. Now, some people think that kind of sounds too spiritual, but how else are we Christians other than hearing the voice of God and doing what he says? And there's no greater place than social media. I can't tell you how many times I've been on social media and I thought, my gosh, I mean, take my phone, you know, and then I have to delete, 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 delete. And I've learned you never, I don't even type anything and just accidentally get it sent. I don't type anything anymore unless I pray first. And most of the time God says, okay, you know, you want to do it, do it. But what's that going to produce? Where are you going to go with that? Huh? Then you're going to get a, you, you're going to get you know hundreds of people. They're going to send half of them are going to agree with you, and the other half are going to be mad. And what, and, and what are you going to do? Spend all your time on social media answering some fools? No, not doing it. But it depends on what we want. I want to be under the silo. 
I want to get the beans. Amen? I want the goods. I want the healing. I want manifestation. And we're not going to get there if we don't hear the voice of God. And we don't do the things that he tells us to do. Amen? And that's all Jesus taught. That's all that the apostles taught. It was the majority of what they taught was about hearing the voice of God and knowing how to receive what God has done for us. Can you say amen to that? So, are we healed? Done. We're healed. No matter what. No matter how we feel. No matter any kind of report we get. Anything else. No matter the reports that you get, the report of the Lord says something totally different. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so I want to read the story first, and we'll have to, we'll have to kind of skip, skip uh, verses, go from, read, I'm going to start in Matthew 9 and verse 18. We'll read a few verses, we'll skip some verses, and then come back to those when we look at the, at the other person. But we're going to look at the healing of Jairus's, I said, did I say Jairus' son earlier? No, or did I say daughter? It's his daughter. I don't even know if he had a son. <clears throat> anyway, so in verse 18 of Matthew 9, while he spoke these things to him, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. But come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. But come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Not maybe. It, it, his response wasn't that of the leper. That's a response of faith. Can you say amen? You come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose, followed him, and so did his disciples. <clears throat> now we'll move down a few verses because we're going to pass the woman with the issue of blood and come to the, um, verse 23. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, this is Jairus' house, and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, make room. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. And when the crowd was put outside, put outside, put away, when the crowd was moved out, he went in and he took her hand and the girl arose and the report of this went out into all the land. He grabbed her hand. And she arose. You notice how emotionless Jesus' ministry was? There was no emotion. No, th there was nobody being moved by emotion as in he with him. He was never moved by another person's emotion or what was going on. He was absolutely confident in the things that he would hear from God. In the moment, he would know what to do. Possibly when he was in prayer before these things happened. Possibly at that time, he heard, but he had confidence he would hear from God because he said, I never do anything except what I hear from my Father. Not say one thing, not do anything, 
not touch someone or not touch someone, not grab a girl's hand that's laying there, you know, uh, in, at least in this account, that she's dead. No emotion, not moved by anything. I mean, what were they doing in the room? Wailing. What does wailing mean? Everybody's crying because she is dead. Amen? So, let's look at Luke's account. Let's look at Luke's account found in um, Luke chapter 8, and we're going to start with verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. You know, it's interesting, and you, you, this has really, it has a little bit of significance, but not a whole lot in what we're even teaching about. But one thing is I've been, as I've been doing this study on the different people's accounts, you see how Matthew's a headliner, but Dr. Luke is like my wife in the details he gives. Notice he says here, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. Matthew said nothing about that. And he fell down at Jesus' feet, and he begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, only daughter, I don't know if he had any sons or not, but he only had one daughter. Matthew didn't say anything about that. About 12 years of age. Matthew didn't say anything about that. And she was dying. Matthew, Matthew's account was she was dead. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Skip down. He said... While he was still speaking, this is now at Jairus' house. No, no, this is before Jairus' house. But while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid, only believe. And she will be made well. Isn't that what Jairus said in Matthew's account? In essence, she will be made well. Faith is in operation. When he came to the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl, Jairus and his wife. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead, she's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. They did, they thought she was. But he put them all outside. Would Jesus lie about something like that? He wouldn't lie. Now, when the report had come, when he was dealing with the woman with the issue of blood and the report had come, faith was already in operation. Because Jesus had seen faith from Matthew's account in the Father. Amen? 
And the father over a 12-year-old girl is the covering over that girl at that age, at 12 years old. Is that right? And because of that and the faith of the father, Jesus saw it and he got on that. When we talked about the story of the four that lifted the one up on the roof and through the roof, Jesus saw their faith and his faith. But he saw the four's faith. Man, we're going to do this. We've heard and seen, maybe they had seen a lot, but they definitely had heard of miracle after miracle after miracle. If he'll do it for them, why won't he do it for them? Because we heard he'll do it for anybody that, that will believe. So we're, we're putting some action to our faith, and we're going to make sure this gets done. Jesus saw it, and he saw it in Jairus. And it led him to go to that house because what did J.R. say? If you will come and you'll touch her, she'll be made well. So Jesus confirms that here. But he said, <clears throat> she's not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned. And she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astounded, astonished. But he charged them all to tell no one what had happened. Thing about, the thing about Jesus' ministry is he didn't need any promotion. He didn't need that on the nightly news. He was already dealing with thousands of people that were thronging him that's that's why he said those things to people you don't need to tell anybody you know word of mouth is sufficient you know from all these other people that are talking about it how do you think that Jairus came to him Jairus didn't just stumble across him he heard it right so so quit telling people you don't need to tell people it'll 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 get out there and in, in this setting, I want you to see two things here. <clears throat> there's always, there's always, and in both of these accounts, Jairus' daughter and the woman with the issue of blood, there is always, with sickness and disease, there is always fear and doubt. Always. There is always fear and doubt. I don't, I don't care what is happening. The moment you get symptoms, you know, most people that, I'm I just saying most people, okay? I'm not talking about anybody sitting here, right? But most people, when a symptom of some time of some type comes to their body. The first thing that they think about is death. That's the first thing people think of. Why? Because, you know, oh my gosh, my arm. Could I have a tumor in there? Where did those thoughts come from? Those aren't your thoughts. Those are devil thoughts. Huh? He wants you sick. You know why? Because he knows you're the healed. 
And if he gets you to continually believe and to be moved by how you feel and how things appear to be, then you won't do what God says by staying in his word and you won't do things to take care of yourself. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I mean, there's a, I mean, and this doesn't matter, I'm, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because it really doesn't matter at the moment. But there's a, there's a couple of different things physically that my wife and I both have walked through that we just didn't tell anybody. We didn't, we didn't broadcast it everywhere because we had to walk it out. You understand? I can't stand up here and tell you that the word works if it doesn't work for me. Right? And, and I, I'm not saying, well, oh my gosh, if something came against the pastor, then it's going to come against No, no. No, I'm just saying something did. The Bible doesn't say it's not going to. Things aren't, it didn't say things aren't going to come. But when they come, we have to know the word. And I promise you, what brought me through what I was dealing with, what brought my wife through the things that she has dealt with, is the word that we already knew. And then that word we already knew got better and stronger because we applied it in the given situations that we were facing. Jesus spent three and a half years potentially stressed to the max. But he didn't give in to any of the stress. And you know what the biggest stressor was for Jesus that could have potentially tried to rule his life? is that the people he was leaving in authority weren't going to get it. Preached and preached. I mean, that's why over four years ago, God told me. I mean, my, my, actually, I think my favorite verse of Scripture is Ephesians 1, 15 and 16, right there. Paul said, I can't not pray for you if I'm going to preach this to you. So every day, it's like, I don't know how, but supernaturally I can see your faces. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when I look out at you, you know, I was just thinking about you today. Every one of you. I don't know how that happened, but it's happened. Because, because it's become so a part of me that I can't preach this. And that's what Jesus knew. His faith was in God, that he's going to do his part. And then even though 100 years after he left... It looked like there was no Christianity, but it didn't die out. You know why? Because of the seed of the word and the prayers that he prayed. He left it there. Now, we picked it up, and we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We can't lose. We can't lose. No matter what we face or what comes at us, just don't quit. Amen? Isn't that right, Dan? Just don't stop. Getting stronger every day. Who I get chills when I think about it. Stronger every day. Amen? Yes. Stronger every day. Mm. Because the word works. We cannot allow fear and unbelief to rule our minds about anything. And so I'm just telling you. It's a lot of work. It's easy work, but it's a lot of work. 
And if you don't like to work, then you don't like faith. I'm just telling you right now. If you don't like to work, you don't like faith. And it's not, you know, that, that doesn't mean that what's well, for some people. No, no, you can sit and never move and walk by faith. It's not about how physical it is. It's about how determined you are to stay with it and never stop. That's the key. And so I say this along the lines of what we just read there with that healing. <clears throat> Romans 10 and 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you and I say and we believe what God says is so, then God can do what we say. Man, you got, you got to get that. You got to hear what I just said. God set it up this way. If we will stay with it and we will actually come to the place where we believe and we say and declare what God says is so, then God can do what we say. But do you see how that works? We have to be the one saying it and believing it, but it has to be what he says is so, not what I dream up about anything. And where health and healing is concerned right here, what we're talking about, you'll have what you say if you believe and say what he says is so. If you do it his way, then you'll have what you say. God will do, actually, he'll, he, it will manifest because it's already set up to manifest. You're already set up as well. And well will manifest itself if you're saying what he says. <clears throat> Glory be to God. Amen? Look at the woman real quickly. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. <clears throat> so, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. We've already come through the conclusion of that. But on the way, a woman, this is in Matthew, um, this is the account in Matthew 9. It says, suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, this is Matthew's account, came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she had said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Man, that's faith. And he saw faith in operation in that woman right there. That's what he perceived in that woman. She believed. But Jesus turned around when he, when, when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now, look at Luke's account real quickly. Luke, in, uh, Luke 8. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years 
who had spent all of her livelihood, and Matthew didn't say anything about that, on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Twelve years and now it stops. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those who were with him said, Master, the multitude's strong and they press you and, and, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. You know the scripture that says, if any two people agree as touching anything that they ask, it'll be done of the Father. That touching isn't necessarily a natural touch, it's a believing touch. And that's what Jesus felt. He felt her faith. I mean, she touched him, but they were thronging him. And so the disciples were saying, man, everybody's, you know, moving and, and rubbing up against everybody and pushing everybody. There's people everywhere. What do you mean? No, no, no. No, somebody touched me in faith. And that's what he felt. Any two agree is touching anything that they ask. It'll be done to my father. When you touch in faith, when you come into that place of agreement, nothing can stop the power of agreement. His faith was already there. Her faith was high with an expectation in him. She touched him, boom, it's done. Two agreed, done. He was already in agreement that he was there to heal people that had faith because it wasn't about people getting well and they were so enthralled with him. He kept saying, don't tell people this. It's not about me. It's about me getting this to you, you believing this. That's what he was looking for. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay, I mean, we can, we can do the miracles, but not if Father said no. Because he was in certain places, and very few people got well. Except a few sick folk, he says. But thousands of people were there, and nobody got well because there was no faith. I'm telling you, if you don't quit with the word, if you don't stop with the word, your faith level will arise and begin to go through the roof to where you can receive anything from God. That's what we're learning to do, is how to receive, how to be under that silo, be in that position to get the mother load. Someone shout amen to that. Now when the woman saw that she was hidden, she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason that she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Whew. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I mean, this was a year or so in. I mean, she had spent 12 years, spent all of her money, you know, everything. But you think of what people tolerate. I'm not saying that she tolerated because she didn't have understanding and she spent all of her money to try to get well. But you know how many times people just tolerate stuff in their bodies? And we just put up with things? No, no, no. He healed us. He delivered us. And the seed of the word is start you on your journey of divine health and healing. In most cases, where people are, are well in, in today's day and in, in the day in which we live in, you're not going to see things necessarily happen just overnight. Some things will, but not everything. And we can't be discouraged that it's not working because we don't see something change overnight. 
It takes time because your thinking has to change. You have to get in line with the Word, but then you've got to get in line with things that you've got to change in your body and how you take care of yourself. Oh, it's vital. I'm telling you, it's vital. I'll just tell you this. Not believing, listen to me, remember this word. Not believing in God is very expensive. Did you hear what I said? It's very expensive. Being sick is very expensive. I'm not, I'm not like on doctors or any, any of that kind of thing. I'm just saying when, when you are sick and you are accepting it and you're staying with it, it can be very expensive in a lot of ways. Not just detrimental to your future and, 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 and where you're going in life, but how it affects other people. God doesn't want us to be sick people. I mean, I mean you know, I'm not, here, I'm not here to offend anybody by saying that. I'm not saying it like I'm, I'm not thinking of a person in here. If you've got symptoms or things going on in your body, I'm not looking at you. I'm giving you this to raise your faith level to a place that God's already done it. He's already healed you, and now you can receive that if you just don't quit. Not promising something by tomorrow afternoon or next week or next month. There's no time period. That woman was healed immediately, immediately. The blood stopped. Why? Because of her faith level. I don't know what all that means, but that's what he said. So we have to take him at his word. Can you say amen? The other thing that's very expensive is not walking in the will of God. It's very expensive. To not walk in the will of God, to be in a hurry, to rush, to go ahead of God, to do things, and then you have to back up and repent and correct and all this kind of stuff, and then you start over, and then, and then you back up and you don't, because you're trying to work it out yourself, super expensive. And I'm not just talking about monetarily. The damage it can do to not walk in the will of God. It's so, so what do we do? We get we stay with his word. You understand? It's not trying. You know, when you hear something preached like this, it doesn't mean you have to go fix everything. It means you have to develop an appetite for the word and the Holy Ghost speaking to you so that you can know what alterations and changes need to be made in your life. You're going to be changing for the rest of your life. That is the one constant on the planet, change. And it's the way it is with the word of God and anything that we do. It never changes. Can you say amen? I know we're getting a little late here. But, but I'm going to read one translation of the man with the withered hand, and then we'll pick it up the next time. <clears throat> or or uh, one interpretation of it. And I'm going to read Mark's interpretation of this. Because Mark's a little bit more like Luke. He's a little more detailed than just a headliner. Mark 3 and verse 1. And Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to him, 
Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. I'm going to read that again. And when he had looked around at them with anger. The Bible says you can be angry and not sin. That's how he was because he never sinned. He was angry being grieved. Remember what I said? If he could have been stressed out, it was that humanity wasn't going to get what he was leaving. Everybody say this tonight. I got it. it. Amen. We've got it. We have a hold of it, and we will not let it go. We're talking about health and healing tonight, but it's in every area of our life. He said, um, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, and he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Right then. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him that they might destroy him. Isn't it amazing that in the society we live in, this is just the point, we'll pick it up next time because I want to read Matthew's account and then look at it a little bit deeper. But isn't it, isn't it amazing when people want to do good, how critical that others can be? How critical. And you know what? In your attempt to do good, if you get critical of the critical, then you're critical. And if you know better, you're worse off than they are. They don't know any better. We got word and we have revelation and we're not going to walk in love and we're not going to do what's right. (laughs) We're worse off than they are. And what that's going to produce. So it's like, okay, so people are critical. Is that going to stop me from believing God and administering truth to people's lives? Is it going to stop me from, from, you know, is that going to keep me in a position where I'm going to quit and throw in the towel because it's too hard? What in life is too hard? There's a lot of things hard, right? If you want anything in life, you won't quit. And that's what God's showing us. In this teaching and what we're doing here, God is revealing to us, we cannot stop with this. We have to be on the receiving end. And listen, I can't receive for you in most situations. You can't receive for me in most situations. That's why we have to get it. That's why our time has to be invested in things that we're talking about right here. I just encourage you to go over these messages and go, go to the, the church app and you can listen to them and, and just meditate on them. Actually, they're on the, our YouTube channel also. You can watch them on there if, you, if you'd rather watch it than to, than to listen to it. But, but just but, but spend the time taking what you're hearing and doing something with it. Amen? That's the key. How many believe tonight that you're the healed in Christ? Listen to me. Do you know how many times, and you'll see how many different times, that Jesus never touched a soul? He never touched a soul. So tonight, Jesus just ministered to you. <gasps> oh my gosh, what's the pastor saying? He's Jesus? Oh my gosh, that cult like in Waco. Oh my God! No. No. He's the living word. 
And if you heard scripture tonight and you wrote those down and you, have, you took those, then Jesus spoke to you tonight through the living word because he is that word. And you can receive your healing right now. You can receive what he already did for you right now. Everybody in the house, just lift a hand. Just close your eyes and just lift a hand tonight. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I, I see that down through the centuries from the, from the day the day that Abraham believed you before the law, before circumcision, before anything else. He believed you and he went to another land. Abraham believed you. And what he did was he touched that seed, which was Jesus Christ. And when he offered his only son, and he offered it in faith, he set it up for Jesus to liberate us make us whole. Everything that's come against humanity to this point, everything, every disease, every virus, up until the COVID-19, and anything beyond that tries to be created or whatever, Jesus paid the price for it. Father Abraham believed today, Father, we believe and we put our faith in what Jesus accomplished. Woo. <laughs> he did it. Not only did he save us, but he healed us. And tonight, Lord, we just thank you for your healing virtue to touch us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Everything in between, your healing virtue flow through our veins. Touch every cell of our body, every bone, every joint, every muscle, every nerve ending of our body every parts of our body. Tonight, Father, we are so privileged to call ourselves the healed in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that your word is working mightily in every person at the sound of my voice. And that spirit of wisdom and revelation is coming alive in each and every one of us. We bless you. We honor you. We give you amazing praise for how amazing that you are. Just thank you that your healing is resting upon and in each one of us tonight. In the name of Jesus. Whew. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Come on, receive it now. Just receive it. Just receive it. Oh, oh it's so real. It's so real. Just receive it now. Receive it, receive it, receive it. 